Um, good morning, everyone. Welcome, um, all the people in the world who are either listening now or listening beyond that. And I, I'm taking the world as being the entire universe, everything, because we don't know if other people besides those on Earth are listening. And I want to introduce Ellen. Ellen has been a fixture at Appamata, even though now she lives in Richmond, Virginia. And um, we depend on her so much, and she's been such a great friend. Um, Ellen went with Lori and Sandra to the border to witness people coming from Mexico and beyond. A few years ago, Ellen and I and Monica went to Dharma Rain in Portland, Oregon to learn how to take leadership roles in the temple. Ellen um, leads or co-leads so many things at Appamata, including the Wednesday noon sit, including women in Zen, including Buddhist action now. She comes to depth and practice and she's uh, taking, I think, her second course with Analio, who we've been read in, Peg had a course on, and we read a book by him, and has done just so many things for Appamata, and I look forward to her wisdom today. So. Uh, but she's muted. Thanks, Kim. It's really uh, touching to me to be introduced by you, my good friend and Dharma buddy. So, and actually that got me a little emotional hearing all of that. My goodness, I should have a lot more confidence in myself. <laughs> but we'll see where that goes. Um, so I'm not here to give a Dharma talk. I'm just a student like everybody else, um, but to present a, a quote that's been meaningful to me lately. And um, how this came up was with the Wednesday afternoon program. We've been uh, exploring the refuges, starting with, I take refuge in Buddha, I take refuge in Dharma, I take refuge in Sangha. And we've been taking uh, those three one by one and using them as a prompt or as an entryway in, in meditation. So we started with, I take refuge in Buddha. And I thought, oh, I'm totally down with that. I say that almost every morning. <laughs> and, uh, but then as we use it as a prompt into meditation, I noticed I was not completely at ease. Uh, there was a little anxiety around it. Uh, and I, I mentioned it too, when we discuss, discuss this and it really surprised me. And so I started working with that and the questions were, what does it mean to take refuge in Buddha? And what does, 
what is Buddha anyway? I mean, there's the historical Buddha, but what is Buddha and what does it mean to take refuge in Buddha? I think the, in context, I think it's maybe a little easier and a little more complete to take them as the three. But as I looked at just that one, it really kind of spooked me. <laughs> like, I don't know, do I really take refuge in Buddha or, or do I not? Or what, what does it mean? More, what does it mean? And so as I was uh, grappling with that one way or another, uh, bringing it up in practice, discussion groups, reading, talking with, to people about it and so forth, um, I received a quote from, uh, although I'm still very uh, engaged with Apamata, I do have a, a new Sangha that I'm learning you know, getting to know here in Richmond. And there, in their little newsletter, there was this quote. Uh, and so I'm going to read the quote and then ask uh, a couple of other people to take a turn reading the quote. And you might want, at some point, you might need a piece of paper and a pencil. So you might wanna go grab that. I guess Kim went to get paper and pencil, huh? Okay, so this quote is from Danan Katagiri, um, and it's from The Light Shines Through Infinity, Zen and the Energy of Life. And Danan Katagiri was Soto, Din Roshi, Soto Zen Roshi and the founding abbot of Minnesota Zen Meditation Center. So as I read the words of this quote, get kind of settled into yourself, Take a couple of breaths and just allow the words to sort of wash over you and through you. If you practice Zen, if, excuse me, if you practice Zazen, start to ask yourself, who makes me sit? It may be you or it may be something more than you, something you don't know. That something more is a kind of energy which is there before you put a name on it. When we, when we put a name on that energy, it is called Buddha, Buddha nature or real self. We use different terms, but each one means the same original energy of the whole world the boundless and compassionate energy of being, which is constantly coming up from deep in the ground, like spring water. Original energy is always here, but it is very difficult to see it or touch it. Still, when you sit in Zazen as Shikantaza, you can touch the something that makes your life alive. 
because the source of Zazen is nothing but that original energy. This energy is also the source of your life. So you and Zazen have the same cause. That's why when the energy of the whole world appears in your Zazen practice, you can accept it. Energy appears and is called Zazen. But Zazen is just a temporary name given to that activity. So what is Zazen practice? It is just energies coming up. That energy is called Buddha. Buddha means original energy of life. So let's sit down and practice Zazen as Buddha. We'll just sit with that for just a minute. Let that soak in. So in the second reading, notice what words or phrases stand out to you. And you might just take a moment when you notice that to just jot those words, the, jot, jot that piece down. Uh, so who would like to read, the, read it the second time? We'll, we'll screen share it. Any volunteers? Golly, there was there's one Joan. Thank you. Go ahead, Joan, when you're ready. There you go, Joan. Thank you. If you practice Zazen, start to ask yourself, who makes me sit? It may be you, or it may be something more than you, something you don't know. That something more is a kind of energy, which is there before you put a name on it. When we put a name on that energy, it is called Buddha, Buddha nature, or real self. We use different terms, but each one means the same original energy of the whole world, the boundless and compassionate energy of being, which is constantly coming up from deep in the ground like spring water. Original energy is always there, but it is very difficult to see it or touch it. Still, when you sit in Zazen as Shikantaza, you can touch the something that makes your life alive because the source of Zazen is nothing but that original energy. This energy is also the source of your life. So you and Zazen have the same cause. That is why 
I've lost my place. Mm. Am I at the top of the? I'm not you're sure. You're on the last paragraph, Joan. Okay. That is why when the energy of the whole world appears in your Zazen practice, you can accept it. Energy appears and is called Zazen. But Zazen is just a temporary name given to that activity. So what is Zazen practice? It is just energies coming up. That energy is called Buddha. Buddha means original energy of life. So let's sit down and practice Zazen as Buddha. My apologies. Thank you, Joan. So for this last reading, um, we'll just let it sink in one more time. And who would like to read this time? Any volunteers? Hey, Maria, thank you. If you practice Zazen, start to ask yourself, who makes me sit? It may be you, or it may be something more than you, something you don't know. That something more is a kind of energy, which is there before you put a name on it. When we put a name on that energy, it is called Buddha, Buddha nature, or real self. We use different terms, but each one means the same original energy of the whole world, the boundless and compassionate energy of being, which is constantly coming up from deep in the ground, like spring water. Original energy is always here, but it is very difficult to see or touch it. Still, when you sit in Zazen, a shikantaza, you can touch the something that makes your life alive because the source of Zazen is nothing but that original energy. This energy is also the source of your life. Ooh. So you and Zazen have this same cause. That's why when the energy of the whole world appears in your Zazen practice, you can accept it. Energy appears and is called Zazen, but Zazen is just a temporary name given to that activity. So what is Zazen practice? It is just energies coming up. That energy is called Buddha. Buddha means original energy of life. So let's sit down and practice Zazen as Buddha. Thank you, Maria. We're going to um, go into breakout rooms in a minute. And I just want to say that although this has been an aid in my exploration of I take refuge in Buddha, this is a pretty action-packed quote, and it could lead to all kinds of exploration, I think. So it may mean it may bring up something entirely different for you. Um, so um, we'll go into breakout rooms. Maria, help me. How how many should we have? And um, we could have three, three to four in a room, I think. Do you think? We can, we can have three to four in a room, did you say? Yeah, it'll work out as, um, hang on, we've got 15. 
how much time do we have? We have pretty much time. Uh, okay, so say um, three, do you think three in a room and 15 minutes for the breakout room and then 15 minutes or so for, um, for the come back in the big group, would that work? Yeah, 15, so 15 for the breakout room. Okay. And then we come back for 15, yeah. All right, I'll go in a breakout room too if it works out. Yeah, yeah, I'll put you in one. <laughs> and so just when you go in your great breakout room, uh, make note of, of uh, the, the word or the phrase that uh, is your focus. And um, you may, and may take a moment or two in the breakout room to write down a couple of thoughts about that. And, um, and then um, you can discuss it as, as in the breakout room. Okay. All right, thank you. Here we go. Uh, you're, I'm, unmuted. you're unmuted, Ellen. I'm, I'm unmuted. Yeah, just letting you know. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. Um, so welcome back. And uh, I'd love to hear what this quote meant to people. How did it go in your breakout groups? So anybody who wishes to speak, just feel free. You can use the reactions or just raise your hand. I think I can see everybody. Joan? Oh, you're muted, Joan. Oh. Our group uh, talked a lot about original energy and uh, that, that kind of struck a chord. And then there was a question of how can we know what's original and how can we know what we don't know and not knowing what we don't know. And those were some of the things we talked about. Thanks. Yeah, I was in the same group of with Joan, and uh, we had a really good, a good discussion. I think about about what Joan just said, and it and it's kind of like, how do we even know, like the original energy, the origins of things? It, it's like, how can we know, know when that is, the the original origin? It, it's like we we can't know that, and and it's like we don't know what we don't know. So how do we know when it's the original? when it's the origin of something and when it's the Buddha nature or when we're right there, we can't know it. We, we don't know. And, oh. I, and I guess that's why we're in Sangha because we have people that can reflect back to us where we're at and, and what, what, you know, what we're, it's so important that we, we take refuge in Sangha to kind of really gauge where we're at on this path. Right. That and Dharma. Mm. Not, so no wonder they all go together, huh? <laughs> uh, Kim? Under what Maria just said, that... Oh, thank you for unmuting me, that, that helps. <laughs> um, you know, we, your whole Hakomi deal is about knowing based on your feeling. So you feel 
that when you know or don't know, don't you? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's such a great gauge. And we were, we've been talking about core beliefs and Peg was saying, you'll feel it on the back of your neck when you get, to, when you figure out your core belief, it's, it's that kind of thing. So, um, I was struck with the, the term, a temporary name and how, um, the second we give it a name, we, we, uh, we simplify it to the point where it's no longer what it is. Like if you call energy energy, then it's no longer energy because you're able to contain it. And it's just this, this ability, really what energy is, is not energy, but something that can't be named. It can only be maybe felt some part of it. So that's all I wanted to say. Well, and also, I love the idea that, that uh, when God created the earth, he gave man the job of naming things because that was so secondary to the, the thing itself. And I think that really fits in with this idea of it's just a temporary name to call it energy. It's not permanent. So I really love that part of the quote, among other parts. Yeah, and, there, and also that there are many names. Yeah, uh, Becky. Becky. Oh, sorry. I unmuted. Yes, you are, Becky. Thank you. Um, so, in in terms of naming things, I think that that's an important thing for us to keep in mind in terms of our whole practice. Is that almost anything we say to each other uses a word that we have somehow decided that we have some commonality about what we're talking about. And it's a wave in that we can share, but it's not the only way because, I mean, we we all have probably had some of the experience, even on Zoom, of feeling the energy of what's going on in the Sangha room. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when my daughter was young, the whole thing about, about words almost made me crazy because I really didn't want to teach her words and therefore have things limited in what they were and what she could experience of it. But then I found a wonderful book, a kid's book that was called a flower pot is not a hat, but if you put it on your head, it is. (laughs) And that's what we work with when we talk about being, when we talk about all of the things as if they are a verb, as if it's all something that is in motion something that is alive instead of using, you know, nouns and pronouns and so on as the essential thing that we're looking at when we talk with each other. So I think that, I think that if we can continue exploring with that idea around language, that we will be able to talk with each other more about things like essential energy. Thank you, that, that need a temporary name, but but it's not the thing. Okay, uh, let's see. I I guess it would be um, uh, Nelda and then uh, Joel. I think those are the hands I saw. 
Well, I just have a question of Becky to see if I grasp that. Would, would an example of that, when someone asks you, what is that, rather than saying that is a flower, you would say that is a flowering? Got it. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, Noel. Joel. Joel? Uh, Kim was speaking to the just the same thing that he was describing, and this, and he said that in a different context he was considering the difference between this and thus. But the thus is not a is not a noun formation. It's pointing to a to how something is unfolding, and that seems related to what you're pointing to, Becky. For me, the most important thing of this was the, the notion of that this Buddha nature and, and boundless energy is deep in the ground like spring water and available to us all the time. And that's, that just fills me with joy to hear that, you know, to hear it said that way. Me too. It's just trusting it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going. I was just going to add something to what I said before, like the original energy and not knowing. It's like one comes from the body, the original energy, and the not knowing comes from somewhere else. It's almost like what I was saying in our group, I'm in a situation and I, I, something's off. Something, I'm say, I'm, my knowledge is off or something is off, but there's a knowing inside. There's an energy that tells me something's not quite right and and that's it, it feels like that's the original energy kind of coming up and informing me but there's a not knowing my my brain and knowledge hasn't caught up to the original energy and it's like it's almost like they somehow have to meet somewhere and why we do the dharma and 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 the sangha and, and but you know take refuge in them all because that somehow brings them together over time you know, but it's so so interesting when when we have that feeling of offness. I get that feeling, and I just know something's not right. You know, it's just not aligned, but I don't quite know what. I'm not caught up to what that is yet. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Rosemary. Okay. Are you Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, our group was very rich because, um, I mean, they usually are, but everyone, something different resonated for each person. And um, yeah, so it was really very um, gratifying to, for me to listen to everybody's, you know, what resonated for each of us as four different individuals. For me, um, I really appreciated the focus on energy because it's a, a concept and experience that I, I hadn't yet in this time with sitting, um, connected with the sitting. Yet, as soon as you read the quote, and those of you who read, you know, it, it really resonated for me because it's absolutely there and I experience it and I know that it is motivating and um, uh, it educates me because when I am in touch with it, I know, like Maria was saying, something is moving, something is is uh, going on and trying to understand the source of whatever that information is that, you know, uh, 
that is coming forth. So I really appreciated the, the focus of the quote. So, and, and everybody's contributions. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Anybody else? Uh, Kim Scottis. Well, I, I think the first one I saw was Claudine. Ah, right, then, there we go, and Claudine. Kathy, and then Kim. What, what was important for me about this energy was the fact this energy is here before I begin to try to put a name, to put a control on it, or to create, or to attain it. So often I am often I am struggling to attain things. Mm. And then the feeling that this energy is here. And I can put a name on it if if I want to, if I need to. But it's here anyway. And it made me think of what Flynn said about being held by our ancestors in Zen. And being held by this energy as well. It's how I, I felt it. So thank you. Thank you, Claudine. And then Kathy. Morning. Morning. Uh, I'll just uh, give the summary. Uh, what uh, happened with me with Sangha one time was that something I, I knew the in my head, I knew the story that was handed down and that that I lived in for a while. But I knew it all in my head, but I was sitting in Sangha one time. And uh, it, I go with, um, with the, on Tuesday, I sit with a group from Dublin and their Sangha. And um, someone sang a, a, a chant in the old Irish and my whole body reacted to that. And I didn't know why. And I just, I just decided to be with it. And about uh, three weeks, I realized that that was such a deep connection with my grandfather mm. that, uh, that sang the old Irish. And it took something that I knew in my head to my whole body. I could feel the energy and how connected I was to that part of my life it was amazing. It's beautiful, Kathy, thank you. And Kim, you are next. Um, I just realized that there's the energy that Einstein spoke about that of course I don't understand and I think we kind of do this energy a disservice by associating it with that. I think it's 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 way beyond that. It's it's an unnameable thing, mm -hmm. and it's it's not related in 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 my mind to to what Einstein or you know or what physicists would call energy. Uh, we we just can't name it unless we make up a new word and and then try not to define it. Something like that. I don't know. Joel has a thought about that. Okay. Joel, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, as usual, I completely disagree with Kim, and yet we are saying the same thing. Uh, I would say that uh, what Einstein describes as energy 
and gives equations for. He never describes it exactly. He just says how it can be measured and used and, and the consequences of understanding its interactions uh, with space and time. But that, that that's, that's not enough mystery, you know, that there's energy that can shape space and time and, and so that they collapse in on each other. That's a big enough, that's a big enough mystery for me. And there's, it's no, there's nothing, um, the, the material world and the laws of the universe are plenty mysterious and are the same thing as the Dharma to me. Thank you both. And we don't have to name anything, do we? It's like that. We don't have to name anything, but we do so that we can really communicate with each other. But really, everything's too big to be named, isn't it? Really? Sorry, Nelda. Nelda? <laughs> true. <laughs> Thank you. True. Um, so, uh, Kim, I, I think the world of you, but I agree with Joel. And I will take that as an opportunity to raise these books because Christoph gave a talk not long ago, and I immediately went out and bought five books by this author named Carlo Rovelli. And um, Christoph's talk was from the book Helgoland, but there are many other fabulous books. And he, this, this um, particular author is a quantum physicist who can explain quantum physics poetically and simply for people like me. You know, who like, oh, not only do you write in a way I understand, but you do it artfully. And I just love that. Um, and so um, there's just so much we don't know. And so much we try to name to, to feel safe or in control or whatever it is or connected. And if we could just sit with all that and let it be, I think life would be so much easier and grander. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Bridget, you have your hand up? Go ahead. Uh, I, I assume I'm unmuted. Um, what brought up me, and I joined you all late, but I've been mulling over something, and this was this provided just the right basis for me to look at it in a different way, and that is that I know that when energy arises, it often is associated with very human feelings of fear or anxiety or, you know, what should I've done differently in a situation where tempers rose, etc. And so this makes me realize to, to look more at what is the energy I'm feeling and how do I look at it differently. So I just want to express some gratitude to all of you for your reflections. Thank you. Thank you for that. This has been a lively conversation. Uh, any, who else would like to speak? Is there anybody else? Uh, let's I, see. I think Kate wanted oh, to. Okay, yeah, go ahead, Kate. I just, this was making, I was listening to a um, podcast uh, where, with an interview with um, uh, Zinju Earthlin Manuel, and she was talking about ritual and also Francis Weller writes about this, but, and I'm sure they're not the only people. These are just people that I've been, <laughs> who've been speaking to me about it. Uh, but that ritual 
and ceremony and song and dance, even without language, predates language in human history and thinking about energy as being held and experienced and honored in in all these ways and um, that don't require at times the 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 language which can be limiting or um, confusing or off you know don't not full enough and um, yeah just feeling I guess grateful for the ways of experiencing that original energy um, through the practice and um, yes and grateful to hear everybody's reflections and to participate yeah thank you for adding that uh, dimension to it uh, like the uh, like forms and rituals certainly do uh, encompass this kind of energy that we're talking about that's a really good point which may unless there's somebody else who wants to talk it may take us to time for a ritual for our ritual ending to the day is it yes kathy you're still muted um i just want to thank you for bringing this up it's it has been a lively discussion has and thank you to all of you uh, for your participation and for being here.